What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey. Roberta. Welcome back to Jay's for Justice. I am here today to give you a recap on the Anthony Tote case. We are going to be following this trial starting tomorrow, Monday, April 10th, over on Jay is for Justice on Twitch. There is a link to Twitch in the um, description of this video. Hard to do, it's just another app, and I apologize for that, but YouTube's does not like the streaming of court cases um, through certain venues. We're gonna be doing that starting tomorrow. I'm not sure of the exact time, but you can go over to twitch.tv slash J is number four, Justice. So we're going to watch some old footage. These are some older videos of when this case first happened. And I think I first reported on it in January of 2020. So it's been well over two years. And now we're getting on the road to this case. So I will see you guys on the other side of these updates. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Jay is for Justice podcast. If live breaking news and following true crime is your thing, then please consider subscribing to my channel. And if you like what you see in my videos, please consider giving them a thumbs up. Anthony Tote's date of birth is September 29th, 1975. Deputies made contact with Anthony in the home along with federal agents as he, and he was immediately detained. A safety check of the home was conducted where deputies discovered four deceased individuals inside. The home was immediately secured and a search warrant was obtained by our detectives. <clears throat> detectives and forensic investigators began their investigation and crime scene processing. The medical examiner's office also responded to the scene and an autopsy was done the following day. The reports of the autopsy determined that the cause of death of the four decedents inside the home to be homicide. Anthony has cooperated with the investigation and he has confessed to killing his wife, Megan Tote, 42 years of age, whose date of birth is January 28, 1977, and their three children. Alec Tote, 13 years of age, born September 26, 2006. Tyler Tote, 11 years of age, born December 30th, 2008. And Zoe Tote, who was four years of age, born July, twenty-third, two 2015. Anthony also killed their family dog, Breezy. Uh, Anthony has been arrested on a warrant obtained by our detectives today for multiple counts of homicide and one count of felony animal cruelty. We're still waiting on positive identification of the four deceased persons recovered in the home uh, by the medical examiner's office. 
but based on our investigation and the suspect's statements, we strongly believe that they are that of Megan, Alec, Tyler, and Zoe. Based on the initial investigation to include the suspect's statements, the deaths have been determined to have occurred sometime towards the end of December. Throughout the course of this investigation, our agency has been in close communication with the family of the victims, and we've also worked very closely, as you can imagine, with the medical examiner's office as well as our state attorney's office. This investigation is ongoing, and we will continue to work to gather all evidence as it presents itself. I can tell you on December 29, 2019, our office received a request by a family member of Anthony Tote, who resides outside the state of Florida, to check the well-being of the Tote family because she had been told uh, that they all had the flu and she had not heard from them in two days. Deputies did respond to the home, check the home and the area, but they were not successful in, in their attempts to contact anyone inside the home and did not observe anything suspicious. On January 9, 2020, the Sheriff's Office was contacted by federal agents concerning an investigation that they were conducting involving Anthony Tote. Deputies from that point made several attempts to make contact with Anthony and the family over this past weekend with negative results. While deputies were at the home and after thorough, thoroughly checking the property, there was no answer and again, nothing suspicious noted at the home. As Sheriff of Osceola County, it brings me great sadness to report, you know, such a tragedy. And we grieve along with the victim's family and friends, along with the community, for this tragic loss of innocent lives. Myself, I cannot understand what would cause a person to commit such evil and horrendous acts. But I can say that there, if there's any one person or any family out there that's going through a crisis or a difficult situation, there's help out there for you. Organizations and an entire community such as ours that would do anything necessary to help to prevent any sort of tragedy such as this one. There's so many people and organizations ready to help, such as the National Hope Line Network at 1-800-442-4673 or the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. I just want to thank our deputies, our detectives, crime scene investigators, communication officers, and anyone else who had any, uh, anything to do with this investigation up until this point to preserve and collect all the evidence required. Thank you. I also want to thank the residents of Celebration for their understanding uh, with some street closures. It was a little bit of uh, inconvenience for them, but under the circumstances, we thank you for being patient and being there for us when we needed you the most. I'd also like to thank the members of the media who covered this tragic, tragic case with dignity and professionalism, understanding that sometimes certain parts of the investigation, there are times when we can't release certain information. Uh, we, we need to preserve the integrity of the investigation and the case as it stands. Uh, and we want to work very hard to uh, uh, put as, as good of a case together as we possibly can. So uh, with that, I'm happy to take any questions. Well, according to our investigation, according to his statements, it was sometimes towards the end of December that he said that he had killed his family. Um, so there's a possibility of that. Yes, ma'am. 
Well, the question is, why didn't we go back after uh, December 29th uh, to check on the family? And this was a, a request from a family member who believed that the family may have the flu. Uh, we go there to check that. We did not notice anything suspicious. It's not uncommon for us not to go back out to the house a second time, a third time, if we don't hear back from the family. Um, everything is, uh, 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 of course, a part of the record, uh, and we want to make sure that they're safe and secure. But if there's nothing noted suspicious, uh, there wouldn't be a reason to go back to the house to check on somebody that may, you know, have the flu or, or they just haven't heard from them in a couple of days. I'm sorry, Stephanie. During the well-being check in December, no one answered the door. Uh, the deputy walked around the house, checked with neighbors. The blinds of the home was closed, uh, and so nothing uh, suspicious was noted, and therefore, uh, you know, they didn't enter the home, obviously. Yes, sir. Uh, not to me or that I've been made aware of at this time, but that could be something that would come out at a later date. Yes, he is cooperating with the investigation, I can tell you that much. No, he did not say uh, how he how he killed him to me. I'm sure he's, like I said, he's cooperating with the investigation. The, uh, the manner of death, of course, is a homicide. The cause of death will be uh, determined after this investigation. They were found inside the home, but other than that, I couldn't tell you the exact locations of where each body was located. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the murder of, of his family members or their family pet. Um, he was in, being investigated uh, for an unknown, unknown reason to me while I stand here in front of you today, but he was being investigated uh, by the uh, local authorities in Connecticut talking about the FBI or the uh, health department up there for the federal uh, uh, agency. It wasn't something that was occurring here in Florida. It was something that was occurring up there in Connecticut. I don't know if he said he was sorry or if he apologized. I just know that I was told that he is cooperating with the investigation. It does show uh, how the family died, but I want to wait for the coroner or the pathologist to make those uh, final determinations. Uh, I don't want to uh, put words in their mouths. That is correct. I, I did not know, I don't know how many deputies responded. Usually at least two will go to a scene such as that, and we were there for backup. Uh, in case they needed assistance or help. The federal agency was the lead on this. It was their warrant. They called and asked us to respond to the home. We did so. Uh, and then contact was uh, made with uh, Anthony Tote inside the home. Uh, that I'm aware of, it wasn't until the uh, attempt to contact uh, started in uh, December 29th. Well, that's, being a homicide investigator, that's, uh, formerly, that's not something that's uncommon, um, especially during the daytime. Um, so uh, it's not un un unreasonable to believe that the bodies were there based on what we've seen in the home and based on his statements. Uh, it does appear as if, you know, that, that timeline matches. 
Um, so yes, the bodies were inside the home the entire time uh, until we uh, located them uh, on Monday. No, there was no reports of uh, odors in the air, nothing. Uh, I know that when they were there on the 9th, deputies were there, uh, they said that they had checked with neighbors to see if there was anything, uh, and there was nothing suspicious noted by neighbors either. He may have ingested uh, some uh, uh, dosage of uh, 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 Benadryl. Exactly, it, it slipped my mind. Something for allergies. Uh, and he also made comments of uh, potentially harming himself. And so we took him to the hospital as a precautionary measure uh, because we didn't know how many he may have taken. So hold on one second. In the back. He, he did take some pills, and he was uh, transported to the hospital. He was just uh, released this morning. He's still alive. I, I don't know at what point he took the pills. I don't believe it was in front of the deputies or the federal agents that were present. It was something that he had mentioned to them. That's what I was told. We get a call to do a well-being check, and in this case, it was for a family possibly having the flu, being down and out for a couple of days. Not uncommon this time of the year. People are encouraged to get their flu shots and so forth. Uh, they would go there, knock on the door. If there wasn't an answer, they might walk around the home to look inside the home if there was any blinds open to see if they can see anything inside. Uh, they did so in this case. Uh, they checked that. The blinds were closed. There was nothing suspicious noted. Uh, they checked with some neighbors. They didn't get anything suspicious from them. Uh, this family was known to travel. Uh, so uh, it wasn't uncommon to think or even have a thought in your mind that they could have picked up and went to uh, Clearwater uh, or to uh, Cocoa Beach for the, for the day or for a week. This is a person who uh, Anthony Tote had his uh, practice that he uh, did physical therapy, I believe, in Connecticut. He worked when he was working up there Monday through Friday, and he would come here on the weekends to be with his family, who had been living down here for the past couple years, give or take. Uh, so it's not uncommon for these folks to be known to pick up and go someplace. So it didn't rise to a level of suspicion. And, you know, lots of people uh, had mentioned to me, you know, why didn't you just kick the door down? And there's an element of uh, privacy. Your home is your castle. And for us to have entered that home illegally for illegal purposes, anything that we would find in the home could be excluded from in a potential criminal case. It's a, a fruit from a forbidden tree. You know, you're, you're not allowed to, if you get this fruit and you weren't allowed to have this fruit, then you can't, you can't keep the fruit or eat the fruit. Uh, so in this case, if uh, we just kicked the door down and did things uh, besides what our law says, uh, we could lose everything in, in a court of law, and we don't want to do that. And that's why when deputies did a cursory check of the home, found the four uh, decedents inside, they immediately backed off. They went outside the home, they secured the scene, and the detectives went and obtained a search warrant um, to, uh, to make it a legal search and to uh, make this case as strong as it possibly can be. He's still uh, talking to detectives uh, in uh, the violent crimes unit uh, upstairs, uh, and uh, he's going to be transported shortly to the Osceola County Jail.
Well, I think just based on the information that I've released today on four people dying, I'm not going to talk about the Montalvo case when we're talking about this tragedy and celebration. Um, but that is a great question and it's something that we're happy to uh, answer at another time. You know, our hearts go out to the family uh, and friends of these decedents. You know, three children and, and a mother has lost their lives at the hands of a husband and a and supposed father and their dog. This is despicable and, and cannot be tolerated anywhere in the United States of America, let alone Osceola County, Florida. And that's why we will work tirelessly and have. Our teams are dedicated to the safety and security of the residents of Osceola County, and we will do that because it is a calling that we received, we believe, from the good Lord above to make sure that these people, when they decide to commit these heinous acts, are held accountable. And that's all we want to do is do our jobs to make sure that our people, our residents, feel safe and secure in our county. If you're here and you need law enforcement, we're going to be there. Regardless of your race, sex, color, or creed, we will take care of you.
Anthony Tott. I'm appointing the Office of the Public Defender to represent you. Your attorney has waived the reading of the charges. Judge Lattimore previously found probable cause for each of the charges. The bond will remain set as provided in the arrest warrant. No bond on the first four counts, $1,500 on count five. Next court date on demand. Are there any other folks we need to take out of order today? No, Your Honor. Okay. Then I'm going to call these Spanish interpreter cases. So anyways, we have Anthony Tote updates. He was in court today in Osceola County, which is in Orlando. Um, and if you guys remember, Anthony Tote is the one who is accused of killing his wife, three kids, and the family dog. Yes. Celebration Florida. Yes. Freaking That's crazy. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hey, sugar. sugar. Oh, honey. Na, 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 oh, na, sugar, na. sugar. The hearing was completed and some things were changed. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I want to kind of rewind because we missed something back in March. In March, or back in February, I should say, was I think when um, I did that live with Carl and we talked about the letter. Yes, you guys that read the Anthony, letter. I think he wrote to his dad. I think it was to his father. So he wrote this letter to his father and we read through that and it was just really weird. But then in March, he talked to his sister on the phone. And there's a whole nother call from his sister to him or to him, from him to his sister with a whole nother slew of information about what happened that day. So he's totally changing his tune yet again. I, I believe so. So. <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, shoot. What? Yeah, this this article that I pulled up now it wants me to pay to view it. Well, I've got it open. Is it the one you sent me about the call in jail? I couldn't stop because it wasn't there. Yeah, I've got it open. Oh, would you like to to go through that for us? <laughs> yeah, Jay? read it. Yeah. Okay. Tote in call from jail. Quote: I couldn't stop this because I wasn't there. That is the name of the title of this article, y'all. Okay. In a March phone call from jail, Anthony Tote told his sister that he couldn't stop his family from being murdered. He said, quote, I couldn't stop this because I wasn't there. He told Chrissy Caplet, who lives in Connecticut, but was in Florida at the time of the call after assuming power of attorney over her older brother. So this is his sister. In two calls between Tote and Chrissy Caplet in March and April, he suggested that his wife, Megan, had been responsible for her own death, as well as the death of their three children and the family dog. He suggested that she may have tried to kill them before. Quote him saying, this is him. There were multiple attempts, just so you know, multiple attempts in the last dot, 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 over a time frame. There's been attempts. Tote said in a quiet voice, almost a whisper, which is why this time I was stuck down here trying to handle things. 
He's meaning like down in Florida, I'm guessing. Tote, a well-liked physical therapist and soccer coach in Colchester, typically lived in Connecticut during the week and traveled to see his family where they were living in Celebration, Florida, every weekend. In November of 2019, he left behind his physical therapy patients and employees with no answers as to when he would return. In two phone calls to his sister, who he calls Cheese Puff, I guess that's her nickname, released to the day in October, I guess that's the newspaper, yeah, that's the newspaper, in October, Tote suggested that his wife prohibited him from asking his extended family for help, kept him from telling anyone about their precarious financial relationship, and had barred him from seeing a doctor for health issues. These remarks and others obtained from the Orange and how do you say the, t- the county again, Jay? Osceola. Osceola counties. State officials or state attorney's offices through a public records request offer a rare glimpse into Tote's thinking since his arrest. He was found inside his family's home in celebration with decomposing do- with the decomposing bodies of his family on January 13, 2020, when the FBI arrived to arrest him on a warrant stemming from stemming from a federal health care fraud investigation in Connecticut. Shortly after his arrest, he confessed to killing his wife, Megan, 42, their children, Alec, 13, Tyler, 11, Zoe, 4, and the family dog, Breezy. The bodies of Megan and the children were found wrapped in blankets, decomposing in a second floor bedroom of their large family home in a quiet neighborhood days after family members in Connecticut called police requesting welfare checks on Megan and the children whom they haven't been heard from in weeks. In January, Tote pled not guilty to the murders for which he was charged with four counts of first-degree murder on homicide and one count of animal cruelty and is facing the death penalty following a grand jury vote. In July, that would be, yeah, girl, that's when you read the letter. Excuse me. In July, he wrote a 27-page letter to his once-estranged father, Robert Tote, in which he blamed his wife for the murders. He said Megan fed their children a pie laced with Benadryl before fatally stabbing herself. In the phone call made to his sister in March, he had been counseling while being in county jail. Quote, I just want to say that I'm sorry for everything, anything I've done to upset you, he said, offering apologies to his sister and other family members. He goes on to say that, quote, life is very fragile. When police found Tot or Tote, at his celebration home in January, he said he had ingested, she had, wait, he had said he ingested a great amount of Benadryl, according to investigators. He was brought to a hospital for an evaluation and was placed on suicide watch. After hearing his apology, Tote's sister took a long, deep breath and spoke again. We love you. We're just confused at all of this, she said, reminding her brother not to discuss details of the case on the recorded line. It's just, you know, that we've, we would have done anything for you. And that's the part that just hurts us. We want to help you. And we wanted to help you in any way we could have. In response, Tote told his sister, I wasn't allowed. I'm sorry. I was forced to move away from you guys. That's all her. That was all her. Damn. He even blamed her for that. And then he says she had it really limited and didn't want anyone to know anything about what was going on. He says, I just wish that you would have talked to us. Oh, no, wait, she says, I wish you would have talked to us, whether you're allowed to or not. I just wish you would have talked. While keep talking to his therapist, Tote said that his, he was feeling guilty about something that had happened in college and appealed to his sister for help. He asked her to contact a woman he once sent flowers to while he and Megan were briefly broken up in college. 
Tote said that he and Megan broke up for two months because Megan was upset that he was spending a lot of time playing soccer. During that breakup, he asked another woman out to dinner. He said he had felt like things were awkward between him and that woman for years and that he wanted his sister to apologize to her on his behalf. I couldn't just do it all for support. I just could, he said. At one point, Tote asked about Megan's aunt and uncle, who often visited the family in Florida and spent time with them in Connecticut every year around the holidays. He asked his sister if they were okay. Well, I say this with love, but it's a stupid question to ask. You know what I mean? His sister replied. This hasn't been easy on any of us. She added that her aunt and uncle also wished they'd known what the family had been dealing with in private. His sister had said that her side of the family and Megan's family were working together through or working through their grief together. We're all grieving. We're all family and we're all trying to get through this together, she said. So in April, in the April phone call, Tote and his sister began talking about his health at length, specifically his blood sugar and blood pressure levels. He addressed his thyroid, which he told his sister he was taking daily medication for. He said he felt, quote, so much better and mentally there and full of energy. Caplet, which is his sister, asked if Tote's thyroid issues were sudden or long coming. Tote said he had been, quote, gaining so much weight. I got up to 294, 297, and I didn't even know it. I was like, holy crap, you know, end quote. He went on to tell a story one day about it, or wait, he went on to tell about a story one day in October or August of 2019 when Megan, Alec, and Tyler Tote went grocery shopping, leaving him home alone with Zoe. He says, she put on her cowboy boots and we were watching Aladdin. And then the next thing I know, Megan was shaking me, Tote said. I passed, I was passed out with my hand on my, on the sectional. I was on the floor behind the table. The heck? That's creepy. Tote then made it seem as if Megan Tote had been in favor of avoiding traditional medicine. Immediately after the incident, when he passed out, Tote added, I looked at Megan like, can I go to the doctor now? We're trying all these things here, and I need to find out what's going on. His sister asked Tote why he had passed out. He had said it was a combination of his blood sugar, his thyroid, hypertension, and possibly low testosterone. The conversation moved to Tote's social interactions in prison. I got POs that come by, a different one each day. There's one guy who consistently comes by every other day, and he tells me the news. When we talk, Tote said. They're really good to me here. They come by and they'll say, when are you getting out of here? You got a book to write. When are you going to get home? You got a book to write about this place. I'm like, yeah, I know. We don't need any written books written, his sister replied. It's just a common joke. You know what I mean? Tote said. The craziness that happens here, you can't even describe it. It's interesting. I can only imagine, his sister replied. She asked how Tote was sleeping. He said recently had trouble because I'm, I'm kind of upset emotionally. Megan, the kids were everything to me, you know. Yeah, Kaplan said. And that is the end of that article. Insane. Girl, it's so weird. Well, he's all over the place. Yeah. So he, you know, he confessed originally. Mm-hmm. And then now he's blaming the wife and then he's bringing up stuff that happened in college. The guy's like totally delusional. And if you go back to the letter, I didn't realize the letter came after the phone call. Yeah, I didn't either. So the phone call was in March, and then the letter he wrote to his father July. was in July. Mm -hmm. So we missed that back in March. Somehow yeah. it wasn't. I couldn't. I only found one article on it. So that was that was crazy. But you know what? This article was published November twenty eighth. 
Oh, so, so I'm wondering if they kept that on the yeah release. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so we didn't miss it. We didn't. It wasn't put out there yet. Okay, cool. No. Okay, so let's move on to today with his hearing that he had. You have that to the same location. Yeah, celebration is like it's like some it's like a movie set. It's something you would see. It's like remember Desperate House. That's how celebration is, and it was originally owned by Disney. Oh wow! Disney has sold it off now, but it was originally supposed to be like this tale neighborhood, and it was Disney owned, and it was. It had a whole different vision and it never came to fruition and then they sold off. So I'm not really sure what happened if it, you know, I mean, the houses in there are super expensive. Wow. Super expensive. That's I want to say every mailbox has like a Mickey head on it or used to when Disney owned it. It was Disney themed and, and very prestigious. Like, they're under half a million. Dang. Meant, wow. And that would be like a condo probably, Yeah, you know, dark skies said celebration is like Truman show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. <laughs> so the fact that like this, this horrible family murder took place in this neighborhood, it's crazy. So like through there, I went over to the other, the other side of Florida, the other coast and drove through there on our way back. And drove by the house. I'll kind of tell you, like, what happened. So drove by the house, went to the door. The door was open. It was just like the storm door was closed, the glass mm -hmm. door on the front. So kind of like, well, the first I noticed was there's a sign on the um, porch, and it says, have a nice day. Or something weird like that with, like, a smiley face. It was just, oh, they say I sound like a robot. Oh, no. Oh no. Is it better now? I think so. Keep talking. Okay, well they'll let me know. But anyway, um, there was a pool guy next door. So we asked him if he knew the family. We didn't know it was the pool guy. We thought it was the homeowner. He said, Oh no, no, I'm the pool guy, but I took his pool too. Oh my god. So we were like, Well, what was he like? You know, oh, like were you shocked or whatever? And he was like, oh, my God, yeah, nicest guy ever. Nicest family ever. You know, he. You're starting to cut out again, girl. He's like, pool guys just kind of randomly show up. I, I don't know. Action. It's cut, yeah, it was cutting out. Not good. Okay. What should I, I do? Know. I mean, I, I can hear fine, but. I don't know. It's echo and cutting out. Yeah, it's like maybe. Echoing. Huh? It is, huh? Maybe is it still now? No, it's it's weird. It gets better after like a little bit, and then after like ten or fifteen seconds of you talking, it starts echoing, and then it starts cutting out. It's weird. Getting <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. digitized. <laughs> so is it still echoing and still bad right now? No, not if now. If it is, then we're gonna. We're gonna have to restart. So let me know where I'm at, like right now, if it if it starts to do that again, because I moved away from the speaker, and I think maybe I'm too close to my computer. Okay, it sounds good to me now. I don't have earbuds, so you know I've got it coming out of my computer. So I'm 
So anyway, um, this guy said, you know, he was a nice guy because um, pool guys just randomly show up and start cleaning your pool. You know what I mean? Like they don't knock on the door and stuff. So yeah. he, he said he never heard anything, no fighting, um, that Anthony was very, you know, polite and happy and seemed like he was always in a good mood when he saw him. So mm -hmm. he was very taken back because he had seen the family, you know, outside and by their pool and all that stuff. So this guy was just like thrown. Um, so then we went to the house and knocked on the door and the people who own the home, the totes, I believe, were renting from this British family. This kid was a British kid and he said his parents owned the house and he was there cleaning. And uh, I told him who we were, you know, I have this podcast, covered that case. He said, yeah, yeah, my parents really don't want, you know, me talking to anybody about that. I said, that's cool. That's cool. I get it. Um, and I was just like, so you're cleaning. And I said, are you, did you have to clean? He said, yeah. He said, they came in. Get this. After the crime scene was released, mm -hmm. this family, this kid came in. He was probably 18 came in with his family. They ripped up the flooring in that house. Oh, man. Dude, there was like a mop and a bucket in there. And I was like looking through that glass door. I wanted so badly to go in there. But, you know, I didn't want to push the issue. He was like, yeah. my parents aren't here. They'll be mad. But um, if you want to come back later, they might talk to you. But I doubt it. Like, he goes, there's been a lot of people coming here. Blah, blah, blah. I said, I get it. Cool. You know, we left. Um, but it was eerie. It was eerie because it is so damn picture perfect it's like it's like you look at those homes and you want to like push them down like it's a, like it's a stand-up cardboard you oh know there's not a bush out of place there's not a bush that's overgrown like they're all shaped perfectly like everything is just perfect it's almost scary that's so crazy it's like the nuke towns back in like the 40s when they were testing the bomb the manhattan right, project right it's like, the, it's like the fake neighborhood right it's exactly <laughs> what it's like it's crazy so yeah. so anyway we left there and then you know obviously we waited for today's court date to come we weren't sure what was going to happen um we talked about i was going to go over there but then we weren't sure with COVID. Yeah. It's hard to even get updates, and it's a good hour and a half for me. So, anyway, we decided to just look for some updates tonight, and we found them. So, you have the latest, I believe, in that same publication. Yes, that he appeared in court today. Yes, what happened today? It's kind of okay. weird. We don't really fully understand why or anything, but we're going to give you what we got. Okay, I will read this article too. So this was published today at 6.16 p.m. And it says, Anthony Tote, the Colster physical therapist accused of killing his wife, three children, and family dog in Florida, appeared in court Wednesday in Florida for a pretrial hearing. He was brought from the jail to Oscala. How do you say it? <laughs> it would be Osceola. Girl, I'm so bad at this county. Osceola County Courthouse and appeared in the courtroom Wednesday afternoon with his public defender. Court officials said an order was signed Wednesday transferring the case from Judge Wayne Wooten and Felony Division 201 to Judge uh, Keith Cart Karsten. Karsten. 
and Felity Division 301. So he moved Divisions 201 and 301, but they're both in the same county. His case is set for a status hearing on February 5th, 2020 at 8.30 a.m. Eastern before Karsten. A trial date could be set at that time. <clears throat> on Tuesday, Totes fam, uh, attorney, public defender Robert Wesley, filed a motion for continuance of the pretrial conference because, quote, additional time is needed in order to prepare this case for a trial. The accused previously waived speedy trials. So he actually, wait, the accused previously waived. So he waived his rights to a speedy trial. Tote had his initial appearance in January, a hearing in June, and Wednesday's pretrial conference, and has had the majority of his court proceedings rescheduled, waived, or canceled since he was arrested. The county clerk records on Wednesday showed a credit for time served worksheet affirming that he has been in jail for 337 days since January when he was found inside his family's home in Celebration, Florida, with decomposing bodies of his family after the FBI arrived to arrest him on a warrant stemming from a federal health care fraud investigation in Connecticut. Shortly after his arrest, he confessed to killing his wife, Megan, 42, and their children, Alec, 13, Tyler, 11, and Zoe, 4 and the family dog, Breezy. The bodies of Megan and the children were found wrapped in blankets, decomposing in a second-floor bedroom of their family home in a quiet neighborhood, days after members in, family members in Connecticut called police requesting welfare checks on Megan and the children, whom they said they hadn't heard from in weeks. Tote has been charged with four counts of first-degree homicide and one count of animal cruelty and is facing the death penalty following a grand jury vote. In January, he pleaded not guilty to the murders. He has since blamed his wife, Megan, and in July, he wrote a 27-page letter to his once-estranged father, Robert Tote, in which he said Megan fed their children pie-laced pie laced with a Benadryl before stabbing them and then herself. In a March phone call from jail, Anthony Tote told his sister that he couldn't stop his family from being murdered. Quote, I couldn't stop this because I wasn't there. He told Chrissy Caplet, who lives in Connecticut, but it was in Florida at the time of the call after assuming power of attorney over her brother. In two calls, Tote and Caplet in March and April, Tote suggested that his wife, Megan, may have tried to kill her family before. And that is the end of the article. So that basically gets us caught up to present day. And opening arguments, like I said, are to begin tomorrow, Monday, April 11th. And last week, the prosecutors and Tote's defense team questioned a pool of 150 potential jurors. In three days' time, they selected the jury, which is made up of eight women and six men, with two alternates. Tote's defense attorneys questioned potential jurors about their knowledge of the case. They asked things like, I know the court has asked whether you heard any publicity. I know the court has asked whether you heard any publicity about this case. Did you hear the name Anthony Tote ring a bell when you heard it? Did it get any news coverage or anything like that? His defense asked. Other lines of questioning surrounded potential jurors' religious beliefs. Do you feel that because of your religious belief, you may be fair and impartial in regard to this trial? At the time of the discovery of the murders, Osceola County Sheriff's deputies and federal investigators were attempting to arrest Tote for health care fraud um, out of Connecticut. He was a physical therapist there. The former state's attorney, Aramis Ayla, said she would not seek the death penalty, so Tote faces life in prison if convicted. And also during the pretrial hearings, Tote's defense team won a motion to exclude parts of his confession. The defense argued that 
detectives did not read tote his Miranda rights before being interviewed when he was first arrested. He did, however, get read his Miranda rights and he did continue speaking the same story. He has since, though, blamed his wife for the murders. The judge expects the trial to last about two weeks. Opening statements begin tomorrow at 9 a.m. So I am going to see you there or see you be square. And um, everybody get to bed. Get a good night's sleep because I think this is going to be a crazy trial. I will see you guys tomorrow. Everybody take care and be safe. Roberta. so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.